Paul, you know, as he's on his way to Rome, how that he gets in this horrible storm. I mean, it's a bad deal. And it, it was a really tough deal uh, that Paul had warned them about not going into this storm, not to go. You know, in, it, when we were in the Mediterranean, you know that in that, in that Ionic Sea, in that area there, that, that there are certain times of year that travel stops on the seas. Like we talked about the cruise ship that we were on that did the, the tour. It doesn't do it in November. It stops, all stops, because the seas become, and storms become very adverse. And that's about the time that Paul decides, this group of soldiers decide to take Paul to Rome. So they're going to try to cross the Mediterranean at like the worst possible conditions. But see, the difficulty for them and why, you know, why they decided to move forward is was nice whenever they left. But how many of you found in life that things that sometimes start out nice for us can turn sour pretty quick. They can turn another direction. And that's exactly what happened. It was a suddenly a storm rose up. Suddenly things got more difficult. And so that's what I really want to deal with here today as we talk about God being with us in the storm. And I'm going to give you a quote here. And if you want to write this down, you can. But never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Let's look at this passage, verse 19. So Paul says, look, we're in the storm, and on the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. And that sounds desperate, doesn't it? It sounds like, whoa, all hope is gone. I mean, they're out in this boat, and they're thinking that, and it's not like a huge, you know, it's not like a big ocean liner. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a good sized boat, but it's not a huge boat. And all hope is now gone that we're going to get out of this. They've, they've really done everything that they could do to try to fix this and nothing was working. And so now all hope is gone. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where you felt like all hope was gone. That's a tough spot to be in when it, when it looks like there's no way out, there's no answer. There's, I mean, our, our, uh, everything is turned sour, and we're like sitting there in the midst of this terrible, terrible storm of life. You know, when you're in that storm, that's when you have the never thoughts. Anybody know about never thoughts? Never thoughts go something like this. I'll never recover. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never get my marriage back on track. I'll never see my kids serve the Lord. All the never thoughts start coming. And when they do start coming, what they do is they begin to rob us of our hope that there's any way uh, for us to be, able to, to, to be able to get out. Now, I don't believe hope is a great strategy. Faith is a great strategy. But hope is an important thing that we have to have within our lives. It is, the, it is what our faith builds structure within is what we are hoping to have happen in our lives. You might be here today and you're going through a storm in your life. And like I said, these things, they rise up suddenly. You know, we're dealing with a couple of our members right now that are going through some storms. Uh, some of you know about um, uh, Hank Glazier that here uh, we were out eating and we were with Hank and Hank later that day didn't feel good. The next thing he goes to the, he goes to the um, outpatient thing to get looked at. They immediately rush him to the hospital. His gall gallbladder is infected, and his whole life is turned upside down. He has to have surgery. The surgery doesn't go well. They have to open him up from one end 
to the other to be able to get all the poison and the gallbladder out and to be able to deal with that. He now is up at uh, the nursing home. It's Schnapps, right? He's at Schnapps Nursing Home recovering. But, you know, you go from everything's going smooth to the storm arises. And, you know, when you, the storm comes up, sometimes you get in that place. And I've been there. I mean, you just feel like all hope is lost. It's like, what am I going to do? What in the world's going on? Why did this? Because it was a suddenly thing. You didn't even expect. How about Chuck Clark, what he's going through right now? I mean, Chuck wasn't feeling well, goes to the doctor. They tell him that he's battling leukemia. You know, and then he's all of a sudden, he's got to go through blood transfusions. And he's in the hospital right now down at Sparrow. I went and saw him yesterday morning and uh, prayed with him. But, you know, your whole world can get turned upside down. You're thinking about going to work on Monday. But before Monday gets here, you end up in the hospital and you're having to have all of these things that you have to have done to you. Our good friend, uh, Noreen and Jeff, just yesterday, their boy was in a car accident. He hit a truck. A semi in the early morning. And when he hit that truck, it busted, shattered both of his legs, his hip. He's punctured a lung. I mean, he's got a, he's got at least a month now, if not longer to a year to be able to get all of his stuff straightened out because of the devastation. But you know, as a parent, you go through stuff like that. I mean, bad enough what he's going through, but imagine you got a call from the doctor or from the sh sheriff and said, Hey, your son's been in a wreck and he's on his way in, in, an, in an ambulance to, to the hospital. Yeah, it can make you feel like all, I mean, what do you do? Sometimes I know for me, you know, as a spirit-filled believer, sometimes I don't know what to say. I mean, when it happens, and, I, and look, I, I'm glad the whole, our whole lives are not storms, okay? I'm glad. I'm glad our whole lives are not storms. But there are people here right this morning that have lost a husband, have lost a wife, that passed away suddenly. That, that happened. These are the real things that we deal with in life. People have had diagnoses of, of terrible cancers and, and difficulties that they have had to face in their life or things they've had to deal with with their children or a debt. You know, that's when that never stuff starts trying to show up in our life. It's never going to get any better than what it is right now. And that's a difficulty. And I want you to think about Paul. You know, when you're out there on that ship and the storm is raging, you know, when it becomes nighttime, that can be a real difficult moment because not only are you being tossed every which direction, but you can't see where you're going. And when there's cloud cover ab above you and the storm is raging all around you, all you see is darkness. I mean, there's no light, there's no moon, there's no stars to guide you. You're out there and you're just being tossed every which direction. But see, this is where this really gets powerful. And I want you to remember this because if you've never faced a storm, you will face a storm. And when you face that storm, what I want you to remember is, is that no matter what's happening in the midst of that storm, God's presence never leaves you. God's presence never leaves you. And I want you to watch what happens here. Here it says, and then Paul said, we gave up all hope, verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and this loss. He says, now I urge you to take heart. In some of you, you'll have the, the words translated, take courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, 
to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take courage, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. You know, God is so awesome. And if we look for it, we'll find it that God will always make sure that someone brings a message to us in the midst of our despair. It's a really powerful thing that God will do. Now, sometimes we could miss it because we're just so caught up in what's going on. But I know for Sharon and I, at moments when we were the most discouraged about something that was going on in our lives, I mean, we were really down, down. I mean, we felt like, you know, the enemy's just screaming at you. There's no hope. This will never change. It will always be the same that it will all of a sudden it will be someone that has dealt with, that just starts telling us a story. And they've dealt exactly with what we, we didn't tell them a thing. And they begin to tell us about this thing that they have gone through and how that God moves supernaturally and how that God helped them and how that the whole thing turned around. And Sharon and I will walk away from those moments like that and we'll say, you know, that was the Lord talking to us. It may have been a person that was telling their story. But to us, it was God telling us, this will be all right. This will change. Can you say amen? Those are powerful moments in our lives. Sometimes we get so wrapped up. But I think in the midst of the storm, you got to look for the presence. you got to look for the presence. You say, well, Pastor, will an angel show up and tell me something? Well, an angel all the, all the times isn't one of those angels from heaven. It's a person that's on assignment from God here on this earth. And, and they're here to tell us. Sometimes it's an angel that looks like a person that's telling us something, but they're on assignment to bring a message to us, to tell us, to encourage us. You will beat this sickness. You will beat this disease. You will be okay. You will get through this storm that's going on in your life. Paul said, all hope was lost. All hope was lost. And we had get, he was involved with everybody that we had all given. You know, even Paul had said, well, this must be it. I'm at the end of the deal. We had all given up hope, but he said, all of a sudden, he said, an angel came to me and said, take courage, take courage. You know, this is a tough storm that Paul is dealing with here. And uh, because look, this isn't a storm that Paul caused. This is a storm that the people he's with caused. You know, it's tough when someone else has caused your storm. It's tough when someone else is making the storm happen around you and you don't have any control over what people are doing. You can't, you know, I mean, you know, I, I've thought, I'm sure you have, wouldn't it be neat if we could control people? Right? But the truth is, no, it would not be neat if we could control people because then people would just be doing what we want. And then what would leave us excluded from people controlling us? Huh? God doesn't even control people. I mean, he's not up there saying, no, you're going to do this and I'm going to make you do this. God says, no, this is what you could do. This will be the outcome. Now you choose which way you want to go here. Paul says, all hope is lost. He says, I, he stands up and says, guys, you know, if we, if we would have just done what God had told me originally, we wouldn't have had this problem. But here we are. We're in this storm. Sometimes the hardest storms to overcome in our lives are storms that we have caused. Storms we have caused. Because when we know that we did it, there's like a certain guilt that goes along with it. Like my own, like somehow we think we deserve 
to go through the storm because we created the storm, because we made a bad decision, because we did, we got ourselves into debt, because we got ourselves into this problem, because we didn't take care of ourselves, on and on and on. And so it becomes, I've seen it with people, it becomes much more difficult to get people to move through whatever they're going through whenever they think they are the ones that cause this to, to happen in their life because it hurts their faith because they think that, well, I don't know if I really deserve to be able to be helped. Look, storms are going to come regardless of whether you're creating them or not. Lose the guilt, trust in God, and know that God is for you, not against you. God has been dealing with stupid for a long time. I didn't say your name, but God has been dealing with stupidity of mankind for a long, long time. Now, the thing is, is not how stupid you've been, but are you stuck on stupid? Because if we get stuck there, and we stay there, and we don't learn from the things that are going on around us, then we're just going to continue to repeat those things in our life. Can you say amen? amen. You know, I've told this before, but I mean, it's a true, it's a true state. It's absolutely true. You know, the majority of people that go through heart surgery, they never change their lifestyle after they go through heart surgery. They keep eating the same things they always ate. They don't exercise. They don't take care of the majority now. I forget what the actual statistics, but it's, it's well into only about 20% of people actually make a life change. Now, you'd think whenever you were told by a doctor that, well, you're, we've got to do quadruple bypass on your heart because of you're plugged up and because your heart's not working right, and they go through all of that stuff, that they would say, okay, when I come out of this, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to start eating different. I'm going to start taking better care of myself. But 80% of people make no changes in their life whatsoever. Listen, that's being stuck on stupid. You got to make the changes in your life. Paul's talking to these people and he's saying, look guys, I know that we're in this because of something you guys decided to do, but here's the thing. God told me we're going to get out of this. God told me that everything is going to be all right. You know, Paul in the book of 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 17, if you want to write this down, that uh, he said that, look, when I stood before the judge, when I went before the council, he said everybody had left me. I mean, everybody had left me. Everyone. And he says, but as I stood before the judge by myself, he says, I want you to know, Timothy, that the Lord stood with me. That even when it looks like no one is with you, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. And you know, I know people will say, well, I don't deserve to have Jesus with me. Look, nobody deserves to have Jesus with them, period. Past, present, or future. It's by the choice of God, the grace of God's goodness in your life, that he has made the choice to be with you. You just have to choose the chooser. He's already decided to be with you. He said, well, even if I made the mess, abs oh, thank God that he's still with us, that he still helps us, that he still guides us, that he still help, he'll still strengthen us, he'll still work with us, he'll still help us as long as we will put our trust in him, as long as we'll put our trust in him. Paul said, no one stood with me. See, peace is not the absence of a storm. 
Peace is found in the presence of Christ. Peace is in the presence of Christ. It's when we know the Lord is with us. Some of you heard my tell, tell my testimony about being in Vietnam and man, I'm getting ready to go through the check, you know, to check in and go through customs. And I mean, I'm telling you, it was so crazy. And we're smuggling Bibles into the country. And I'm like, oh my, I'm going to jail. All the never thoughts. Everybody remember never, I'm having the never thoughts. I'll never see Sharon again. I'll never see my children again. I'm going to be in a Vietnamese prison the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I'm going to be tortured. All the thoughts are running through. And there's a mean communist who's check soldier who's checking everybody through the country. And I'm in that line and he's yelling at it, the Vietnamese people that are in the line. He's screaming at them and throwing them out of line. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, I'm in so much trouble. Why am I here? What am I doing here? God, why did you call me? You know how you get to where you're blaming God. Why did you even ask me to do this? And, and the Lord told me that that moment, he says, what do you know how to do? And I said, well, what do you mean? What do I know how to do? He says, well, what have I said in my word? And I says, well, you said in your word uh, that, uh, you know, that we shouldn't be afraid. And I says, he said, so why are you afraid? I said, well, because I'm looking at what's going on around me more than I'm looking at what you said. And he said, look, I'll be with you. He says, but you need to get your head on right. I'll be with you. So I started quoting Isaiah 41.10 and said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so I, I'm just standing there and I'm saying it over and over to myself while I'm moving through the line. And uh, I'd love to tell you that all the nerves went out at that moment, but they didn't. But I got up there in the line. The guy looked up, looked down, st stamped me and threw me through the line. And then we had to go through customs and how that God just, you know, I'm thinking they're, they're tearing people's clothes. I mean, I'm not kidding. They're tearing them out of the baggage, going through stuff. What's this? Why do you have this? And I get up in the front right as we're getting ready to go through the, the baggage area. And I've got my bag and it's got those Bibles, which are illegal in Vietnam. And the, the guy that's checking me through, he just gives me a wink and sends me through. Look, when you get scared, you could do really dumb stuff. Like, oh, I turned myself in. I got Bibles in here. Take them out. I don't, I'm sorry. I did. Trusting God. All hope was lost. But see what I learned, and this is such a powerful truth for you and I, that faith is not in what we see, but faith is in what God has said. What has God declared in his word? That's what Paul went to. He turned to it. He said, look, we just look to what the, let's look at what the Lord says. Let's look at what God said that he would do. And here's the thing that happened. They got into all of this. They're going through all of this. And it says in verse, it says in verse 25, once again, therefore take heart, men, take courage. For I believe God. I believe what God has said. I trust in my living God. I trust in the word of God that it will be just as it was told me. He said, well, if I had an angel show up and tell me something on a boat, I would believe it. And listen, if you can't believe what his book says, you're not going to believe your, your mind will play tricks on you with the, even, a, even an angel showing up. 
In fact, our Bible tells us in the book of Peter, it says that this book that we hold, the Bible, is a more sure word of prophecy, prophetically speaking into our lives, declaring the works of God over our life. This book is a more sure word of prophecy for you and I than even if we heard a voice come from heaven saying something to us. What your Bible says is what God has said for your life. And that's where your faith comes, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so what you and I, we have to realize in the midst of the storm is, is that, look, we can't put our faith in the boat because the boat will let us down, right? We can't put our faith in the captain of the boat because the captain will let you down. I learned a long time ago with all the flying on airplanes that we've done that, look, I'm grateful for the, the captain and the pilots and the people and the the flight crew, and I'm grateful for all the ground crew, and I'm grateful for all the technicians and engineers that put together that plane, but I'm more grateful for the one that I serve who is my protector. And whenever I get on that plane, my hand goes on that plane before I even get on it, and I say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this plane. I take authority over the, the captain in case he's had a few too many drinks while he's been waiting for this flight. I take authority over all the ground crew and all of the baggage claim people and can you say amen? These kids that traveled with me, they know that. I mean, look, I believe that. When we get on that plane and it starts jumping up and down, I'm not making the sign of the cross. I'm declaring there are angels round about this airplane in the name of Jesus. Charles and Francis Hunter, they were telling the testimony. Uh, they're gone to be with the Lord now, but they were actually flying on an airplane and lightning hit one of the engines. And I mean, it blew the engine right off of it. I mean, it blew it up. It was gone. And that jet is, you know, as it's flying in, it's, it's missing one of the engines. And the pilot was doing good at managing what was happening. But they began to declare, God, we thank you for your protection. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you, Lord God, that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who believe. And they said they looked out the window, and there they saw an angel under the wing, holding that wing up and keeping it right on balance as it went forward. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't care whether you believe it or not. They told the testimony. Sounds about right to me. Amen. If I was on that plane and that, that sounds like great. I'm with you. I don't, may not see it, but I'm in, agree with, in agreement with that. There are angels here helping us on this plane. What storm are you in right now that you're facing in your life? I want you to know God has not left you. God has not abandoned you. And you might weep for a night. Sorrow could last for a night. But I want you to know that always joy will come in the morning when we put our hope and we trust and our trust in the Lord. What's going on in you and through going on in your life, listen, right now could be the most devastating thing you've ever been through. But I believe, and I want to encourage you with this today, that Whatever's going on in your life, faith is the answer. Don't lose your hope. And then here's the last thing. Whatever you're facing right now, or whatever you've been through, God will use what you learn in that storm to help someone else. He'll use you to help someone else through their storm. Maybe you meet someone. Maybe you've been through cancer. God will use you to help someone who's dealing with cancer. He'll bring people into your life. Don't ever be afraid to tell them what God did in your life to help you through that battle for you. Maybe you've been through some kind of difficulty, some kind of a challenge. Maybe you've been totally overcome with debt. Your testimony of what God has done in your life, it doesn't just belong to you, it belongs to the kingdom. 
See, that's the really great thing about testimonies that we sometimes we forget about this is just that your testimony doesn't just belong to you. It belongs to the kingdom of God and it's to be used for kingdom purposes. In the Bible, it tells us in the book of Revelation that it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. But I want you to notice as you look at that passage, it says the word of their testimony. It's not just an individual testimony. It's our testimony. When you have a testimony, I've got a testimony to grab onto for my life as well. Anybody here been delivered from debt? Anybody here been delivered from cancer? Anybody been delivered from diabetes or high blood pressure? Anybody here been delivered from, you know, from incredible difficulty? How about those of us who are here today that have been delivered from drugs and alcohol and been sober for a long, long time? Look, we knew we couldn't get ourselves sober and get the help to get get free from it just by willing ourselves through. We needed something greater. And in the midst of that storm, we called on the name of the Lord and the Lord brought us out. Amen. I'm grateful that I've been free from from alcoholism for so many years now. That I, look, it, it seems like a long distance story in my life. I'm glad I'm free from drugs. Amen. I'm glad but it's not my testimony for me. It's my testimony to help someone because God will bring people into our lives that are in that storm. You know, have you lost a husband or a wife, passed away? Have you gone through a terrible illness in your life? Have you had to deal with kids that are not, look, not following God? God will use that in your life. I didn't say God caused it because I don't believe that. But I'll tell you what I do know. God will use whatever's happened in you to use it, not just in you, but to use it through you to help other people that are going through stuff. The battles that, look, they're real battles. You know it. The storms are real storms that you're going through, but God is with you. Dealing with a divorce, I've never had to deal with that, but I know some of you have. That's not a, can't be an easy thing to deal with. Nobody I've ever helped through dealing with it, it's, has it been easy. It's life, it's devastating. How about unfaithfulness of a spouse? It's devastating. It devastates your life. You just can't, you know, when you're going through those things, I do know that one of the things that I see is, is that you just want things to get back to the way they were. That's where you want things to get back to. But sometimes that's a long storm before you get to that place. But see, if you've been through it, you can help somebody who's going through it. You can help somebody don't let the never stuff that you've dealt with end with you. Let it become your testimony for the kingdom. So see, in the midst of the storm, here's the, as we wrap up this morning, in the midst of the storm, I never let the presence of a storm cause me to doubt the presence of God. I never let the storm that I'm going through. I want to say that I never do, but I can't testify that that's always been true. I've let the storm mess with me a few times. How many of you'd say you have? But we need to remember the presence. How much different is it to know the presence of God is here with me? His presence is here because he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. That peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. I love the one quote people will say, life is hard. Life is hard. And it is hard, isn't it? Life is hard. But the rest of it is, 
and God is good. Say it with me. Life is hard, and God is good. Say it again. Life is hard, and God is good. You say, well, I want an easy life. Well, I only know one way for that to happen. You leave this world. And I only know one exit out, folks. Sorry, right now. Until Jesus comes. While you're here, life will be hard. But God will always be good. He will always be good. Stop putting your trust in your boat. Your captain. Stop putting your trust in stuff. And put that faith in God. Lord, I trust you in the midst of my storm right now. I trust you in the midst of my storm that you're with me. And I'm going to get through this because you're with me. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, we thank you for your holy presence, Lord God. Lord, uh, we don't always recognize that you're there. Lord, but our faith, as we look at your word, tells us that you are. You're Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I pray for those today who, Lord, they've, they feel distant from you. They feel away from you. They don't feel close to you, Lord. They've been fighting through stuff and they're fighting through life. And Lord, they just feel like they just got to man up or toughen up or be strong or whatever to get through it. But Lord, what you expect and where you want them to get to is to trust in you to put their faith and their hope in you. If you're here this morning, heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over the building. And listen, if you're here today and you're far from God, we don't need to talk about how you got far from God. Let's just talk about how you can get close with God. Jesus said, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's that simple. Jesus didn't make it hard. If you'll draw near to God, God will draw near to you. You'll know his presence and you'll know he's with you. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You say, Pastor Jolliffe, look, today I need to draw near to God. I really do. I need to. I know I'm not close with the Lord right now. I've gotten away from the Lord. I've been doing things my way. I've just been going through the tough stuff, just fighting through. But I know today the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me in this service. And I know I'm far from God, and I need to get right with God. All over the building, all I'm going to ask you to do is to make eye contact with me if you'd like to pray with me here this morning. Is there anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else here today? Say, that's me. Just take a few moments and look through the building. Three different folks on this side. Four, thank you. Is there anyone else here today? Five, thank you. That would say, that's me, Pastor. Look, six, thank you. Is there anyone else? Let me just give you that moment today, that opportunity. I don't want you to leave here without having that opportunity. And uh, God loves you. God wants to help you through this storm, this life that you're going through. There's anyone else? Uh, There's six different people here today that have already acknowledged that. But if there's one more, I'll wait for you. Is there anyone else here today that say, that's me? Just make eye contact with you. Make sure I see you. And then you can put your head back down. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
Well, stand up with me, please, everybody. Isn't that exciting? Six different people today that have made that decision to draw back to the Lord or to draw near to the Lord. Yeah, maybe you never had a relationship with Christ. Maybe you just know about church and stuff about church, but you don't really have a relationship with Christ. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to pray a prayer together, and we'll all do it together out loud. And when we do that, we're all going to believe God, and we're believing with you that you'll have that relationship, that anything that stands between you and God today, whatever it is, is taken out of the way through the blood of Jesus Christ. And as that's taken out of the way, that look, you stand before God clean as you pray this prayer with us. But here's the important part. You could go through and say all the words, and it could mean absolutely nothing. But if you say it and you mean it from your heart, and you're saying, look, Lord, I'm not saying that I'm going to live a perfect life the rest of my days, because you, know, you and I know that's not going to happen. But here's what I'm going to do, God. I'm drawing near to you. I'm drawing to you, and I'm saying, Lord, help me in my life. So let's all pray this prayer together. Close your eyes with me, if you would, and all the congregation pray this with the, those who uh, acknowledged and didn't acknowledge today that they needed to get right with God. Say this out loud. Lord Jesus, I turn to you today. I turn away from the life that I have lived, and I turn to you. Help me, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. Wash away my sins. And give me the new life. A life with you. A life of your peace. A life of your joy. And I thank you, Lord, as I turn to you. Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my help. You are my God. And I thank you for it today, Lord, for accepting me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand for these who today. Amen.